Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest edition of the Woke Bros. Of course, I'm your co-host, Big Waz, a.k.a. Wazzy Lambray, joined as always by my brother on the west side of Los Angeles, California, Nando Vila, Cuba's finest. Oh, excuse me, Spain, <laughs> Spain's finest. My bad. Yeah, yeah, you got to be careful. I always forget that you're not a Miami Cuban, man. I always forget I that. I know. I was just in <laughs> Miami for Thanksgiving. It was nice. How was your Thanksgiving? What'd you do? Uh, spent it in LA, actually. The first time in my whole life that I didn't spend Thanksgiving with my family. And gotta say, wasn't so bad. Uh, it was cool. <laughs> Eight, was done eating by like 3.30, 4 o'clock, as opposed to a Haitian household where the food starts at like 9 p.m. Right. Uh, right. which is just fucking brutal. Um, but yeah, you know, hung out with the, my homies who live here, who, you know, one of my close friends from New York who happens to live here now, him and his woman hosted me. It was great. Um, it was, it was fantastic. And I'm going Did to New York for anything? two weeks. No. So I got, I got too cooked on Thanksgiving Eve. I, I was too, I was supposed <laughs> to make mashed potatoes and I got so blitzed on, uh, <laughs> Thanksgiving Eve, which is the biggest drinking holiday in America. Yeah, it, it is. The Wednesday before yeah. Thanksgiving. Um, and so I didn't make the mashed potatoes. I ended up making it for myself this week. Uh, so sorry, Ant and Tiff. Uh, next time, I got you. Yeah. Uh, but people, you, they missed out. It was, you're an excellent cook. I mean, if the people at home don't know this about you, Waz is a fucking excellent <laughs> cook. Like a fucking legit. Like legit. Like I'm not right. just like good for like I'm a not. guy, you know? <laughs> like, you know, because like guys suck at cooking, right? Like not just good for yeah, like a guy. Yeah, yeah. Like Waz is legit. Uh, yeah, appreciate yeah. you. But um, yeah, on today's show, you know, Nando just started doing this season a succession recap, precap pod for us over here at Bomb. With the homie Jay, uh, you catch that. That's every Friday. Am I right? Every Friday. Yep. Every Friday. And I actually do a succession pod for The Ringer. And I've literally never talked to Nando about succession yeah. ever. Which is it's in the contract, crazy. dude. It's in the contract. The shows are not like, allowed to cross streams. never talked to him. Like, not even offline about the show. So I do want to pepper Nando with some questions about the show, the themes of the show, what he loves the most about it, et cetera, et cetera. I wanted to talk about that. Barack Obama just got a nice, hefty donation for his personal shrine to himself, a.k.a. his presidential um, archive, library, whatever the fuck we're calling it. He got a nice, tidy, you know, just a baby, 100 mil from Jeff. Uncle Jeff Bezos, just, you know, just our former president getting $100 million from a dude that he was allegedly governing for eight years, whatever. Uh, we're going to get into the sort of nitty gritty of that and why Barry kind of fucking sucks. And, but first, Barry's protege, his former vice president, the person who he personally ensconed into the Democratic nomination, the Democratic Party's nomination for president, Joe Biden. He spent his Thanksgiving, Mando, with mm. none other than a fellow named David Rubenstein, who is, you know, basically a private equity billionaire from the Carlisle Group, Mando. And, and you'll find this interesting because... The Carlisle Group, of course, it came up in that Virginia race about how evil it was within the Democratic Party candidate. Couldn't even attack the dude for it because 
of course. He's an investor with the Carlisle Group and the jobs that they've thrown away, the working class people who have been fucked over and over again. Of course, our great president, the the man of the the man who is the leader of the party that allegedly represents the working people of America, the Democratic Party, allegedly is having Thanksgiving at the Carlisle Group. Yeah, it, it was pretty funny because, I mean, there's so much about this that's just like brazenly evil and corrupt. I mean, first of all, you know, the Build Back Better uh, plan, the the big spending bill that mm -hmm. uh, the Democrats were supposedly going to pass and have not passed yet and have watered down to uh, the point where it's like, you know, kind of worthless at this point, but is the centerpiece of Joe Biden's political agenda, right? It is what he ran on. It is his number one priority um, as president. The Build Back Better plan is being opposed through lobbying by a little group called the Carlisle Group. He is spending is... fucking Thanksgiving and just fucking chubbing it up with the guy or one of the guys who is funneling millions of dollars to lobby against the president's agenda. And he's just like, no, but hey, you know We'll put her put aside our differences, Jack, and we'll eat that turkey, uh, you know, and, and, and it'll be fine. Um, but this is just it just goes to show the um, just the total and complete capture of the Democratic Party by billionaires. Uh, I mean, mm -hmm. the, I think the two stories are indicative of that. I mean, it used to be yep. there was a there was a class element to American politics that has been completely erased starting since the 1980s. Um it used to be the Republicans were the party of the rich, like no rich person, like no actual rich person, like the top one no. person would ever dream of being. No, Democrat. no, um, hell and, no. And no Democratic president would ever be caught fucking dead. Uh, you know, if they if they could, you know, they didn't do it in private often, but like they wouldn't like let it want it be out that they were just like having dinner or or hanging out with like, you know, fucking some some rich banker or whatever like they they knew that it would be politically very toxic for them um that used to be kind of a common thing and uh and that's just no longer the case like right now it is probably true that if you polled all the billionaires in america a majority of them would be democrats and that's that's, insane. that's not good that's very worrying you know because the billionaires they're not your friend and they there is no there is no world in which the politics that you may care of as a regular, hardworking person um, and the, the sort of improvements that you need and want in your life that government can deliver, there is no world in which that coalition between you and a billionaire will ever produce the kind of outcomes that you want. The billionaires will always oppose this kind of thing, always. And, you know, our two, the two most powerful Democrats in the country, um, they love them, folks. It's great. Yeah, and the shit that, that I find the most, most troubling is like no party more, there's no group of people more obsessed with optics than the Democratic Party, right? Like, again, like the Kente cloth bullshit, like it's, it's what they do, right? Like optics is like what they are most obsessed about more than anything else, kind of, um, like mothers of the movement and all, like they are so obsessed with how things look. Um, looking good, looking right, looking like they're on the side of the right things at all times. And the idea that the sitting president, man, would be like, yeah, it's cool. Oh, I'm always in Nantucket. 
I've been doing Nantucket since the 80s. Okay, and um, the idea that the sitting president would be like, yeah, it's cool for me to be at the crib of the founder of the Carlisle Group is like, while telling middle-class people, like, your shit is the shit that I think about the most, right? Again, we say it over and over again. The shit that sails through Congress, the Israel Dome, the fucking military budget, like, the people who actually have a seat at the table, their shit sails right on through. And the stuff that helps a majority of normal, everyday Americans just get stalled, just get stripped bare, just get audited where Joe Manchin's like, um, it's just, it's awful, honestly. Yeah. Uh, and it's so fucking discouraging. And I don't know how people defend this shit. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the, briefly the Virginia election. Um, the Republican who won in Virginia, um, a guy uh, who won in a state that Joe Biden won by like nine points. Um, so just a year ago, that state has flipped to Republican. Um, that guy, Glenn Youngkin, was also the CEO of the Carlisle Group. Oh, wow. Isn't that crazy? Um, and be but because like Joe Biden is best friends with the fucking uh, founder of the Carlisle Group and Terry McAuliffe, the Democratic candidate for a governor that lost was a big investor in the Carlisle group. They didn't want to talk about how the big bad CEO of the Carlisle group was evil for being the CEO of the Carlisle group. So then they had to invent this totally fake narrative about him that he was like a white supremacist, you know? And like, he's probably like your standard issue, just like rich guy racist, you know, like just kind yeah. of like, you know, like, but Nothing like extraordinary. Nothing extraordinary, just your kind of run-of-the-mill, like, you know, um, would be fine if his daughter dated a black guy, but, uh, you know. Uh, He'd definitely he, have to be a Harvard man, though. He, yeah, well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Yeah, he, he can't wear, like, pants, you know, like, he can't let his jeans sag or anything like that. No, but, no, no, no jeans sagging. But, uh, you know, so they, they tried, that was the tactic that they that they tried to do because they couldn't attack him for his class background because the the other side was just exactly the same. They couldn't do what Barack Obama did to Mitt Romney in 2012, which was paint him as like this brazen plutocrat. Barack Obama did not campaign on the fact that Mitt Romney said self-deport, you know, like the immigrant should self-deport as some like white supremacist xenophobe, you know? Right. Obama was smart. He laser focused on on the fact that he was a financier who was going to like rip your job away um, and make himself rich. That is what David Rubenstein does. That is what Glenn Youngkin did. But the Democratic Party is now wholly captured by these interests. You know, the, the leadership of the party is wholly captured by these interests. They can't they can't criticize them. They're their friends. They're not going to fucking talk shit about their friends. They fucking have Thanksgiving together. Like imagine like you sitting at home. You just had Thanksgiving with like, you know, your family and maybe some friends who are in town or whatever. And then like you have to turn around tomorrow and like destroy their lives. You're not going to do that because you're a good person. Happening. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, we go from one traitorous Democratic Party leader to another one, of course. Um, And again, who like. Not that Barry is just like he's a Netflix producer, he's a podcast host with Springsteen. Um, shops to Spotify. Uh, he's um, he's all these things. <laughs> Not a... <laughs> go listen to right. the Spotify app. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Go check that out. Uh, rent. I think it's called Renegades. 
totally. Yeah, uh, Bruce, right. Totally. Bruce, you know, like again, I get that it's seductive, but like Bruce, man, you're like a working class hero, dude. You know, you, like you, you actually are a working class. Yeah, one hundred percent. You sang songs about the fucking factories along the Jer- Jersey Turnpike and shit. You know, like you can't be. Oh, it's so. I get that it's like cool. It's the ex president. I get it. Come on. Yeah, I, I, get it. I, I, I understand. If, if Barry wanted to co-host this show, I'd probably let him. Um, <laughs> and he and so Barry goes out, and God knows how these kind of things even come together, right? But. It comes out that he's getting $100 million from Jeff Bezos um, to go towards his presidential library, right? And again, normally, and Nando's going to get into the nitty gritty of this, but normally these things are funded by the public um, and are managed by the public. But Barry, because he's so special, um, he's doing a private presidential sanctuary museum uh, basically cult compound, compound, right? Uh, so he's doing it on his own and he is accepting funds from the likes of Jeff Bezos. And again, like some people might think this is not all that fucked up, but he left office five years ago, y'all. Like just five years later, he's getting, he's, he's directly getting $100 million. Like this isn't play money. This is insane amount of money. And, you know, it just goes to show you why, you know, when people are apathetic, like when people talk about, oh, voter turnout is so low and why people are so apathetic about politics and why people talk about, um, you know, the, the corrupt duopoly. Are the same. Yeah, yeah. This is what they're talking about. These like, yeah. I, I think there's a, like, there's a way that certain, you know, liberals intellectualize themselves and be like, Oh, these people who aren't engaged, they're just so dumb and they're not engaged and they don't get it. And you know, RBG is the, you know, she would have never canceled abortion and all of this dumb shit that they be saying. Um, They don't give credit to people. Like, just understand, like, this is bullshit, bro. This is fucking bullshit. You don't have to have 20 degrees to understand what Barry's doing right here is some fucking bullshit. Well, and you know who uh, brokered the deal was a guy named Jay Carney, who is now the head of comms and and strategy at Amazon, but was formerly the press secretary for one Barack Obama. Yes, Uh, I remember Jay. He is now a top executive. Real smarmy dude. Real fucking smarmy. Know it all. Yep. This this guy used to be a Time Magazine reporter, who then fucking switched sides and became a you know, which is its own form of corruption, right? Like that he was a yep, journalist covering politics, and then becomes a fucking press secretary for the president, um, mm-hmm. and then he goes from that to being the head of comms at Amazon. Of course, for Amazon, it's great. He's just like Ooh. liberal, you know, like they make him seem big nice. coincidence. Jay Carney is the guy who fucking destroyed the reputation of like a that black man who tried to organize uh, uh, Amazon workers in the wake of COVID um in in a factory in 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 long or in a warehouse in in long island i believe um mm-hmm. or on long island as you new yorkers say uh yes that, that's, uh, right. <laughs> that's right um and he he this is like this is like what these people do like this is this is what they do they they're not on your team like they 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 give a liberal sheen to make them seem like they're progressive or whatever uh but they are absolutely not on your team they are on the other team and yeah. this whole fucking business with the Obama presidential library is just so everything. I mean, sort it's like of. not a big, it's like not a huge deal, but like it, it's like a lot it's of things nasty. with Obama. 
Yeah, it's it's just like it's shady. It's like it's not it's it just says so much about him um, and about his true nature that um, is completely at odds with, I think, his public persona, which is that he's doing a private presidential library like most presidential libraries, starting from the Hoover administration in the 19 fucking 20s, 100 years ago. There is 100 years of president precedent that presidential presidential libraries are uh, managed by a public institution called like the National Archive Research Administration, um, which is like a run by the government, publicly owned, owned meaning by you and I, the taxpayers, um, that we ultimately control it because they are meant to be seen as public research institutions for future historical research. This is something like Bessner, you know, like gets like really hot about, you know, because he's a mm -hmm. professional historian, you know, like that mm -hmm. these public records are essential down the road for people to understand history and whatever. And even like Reagan and Bush and all these evil people, you know, have publicly controlled <laughs> presidential libraries where like they, they are in a way like your public libraries here where anyone can go to them, anyone can access them. The documents are all kind of managed by uh, dutiful professionals or whatever. Obama's not doing that. He is breaking with 100 years of precedent and he is managing his presidential library through his foundation, which means that he gets to control, um, you know, what documents go in there, what, you know, what documents go out of there. Um, he gets to propagandize us. That's all. Yeah. It's just he's managing. He, he, he wants to manage his image. Um, he doesn't yeah. want to leave it up to the pesky public to 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 manage his image. He's he's managing his own image. And beyond that, he's building this like giant monstrosity uh, right on this park uh, called Jackson Park in Chicago. And like local activists who are like uneasy about the fact that they have to go up against Obama are like, you're going to destroy this fucking public park. Um, and they're actually filing a legal challenge against uh, the building of his library. Like, again... Obama. By the way, why is he doing it? Why is he doing activist. it in Chicago? How come he's not doing it in Hawaii or in fucking Kenya <laughs> or Kansas or Kenya? <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke. Uh, you know. <laughs> uh, um, I guess he like he considers Chicago home these days. You know, like um, mm -hmm. not yeah. not the Cape, not Cape Cod. Not Cape Cod. Well, he lives in wherever the hell yeah, he's, yeah. he's at. Yeah, Martha's Vineyard. That's where he is. That's where Joe Biden went with. Uh, oh no, he went to Nantucket, right? I mean, I get those Nantucket. confused all the time. Yeah. Yeah, you know, fucking whatever. New England Island, whatever. Yeah, mega yachts, all of that shit. We know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the whole, the whole. I mean, again, and it just goes to show, like, what I was saying that, like, I'm sure, I'm sure Bezos is a fucking Democrat. You know, like, I'm sure he like. Yeah. You like, shitting me? Yeah, he's a lit. Pelosi's a um, Come yeah. on, Hillary Clinton is people. Like we know the vibes. Yeah, and and but it like on on a deeper level, like it 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 shows like the double bind that we're in in American politics, and like where we have these two parties, um, one of which is the Republican Party, which is just this like frothing at the mouth, reactionary, um, ultra right wing, dominated by like the petty bourgeois, um, who are usually the most reactionary people in any society. Um, and, you know, we can't like, there's no hope to like reform that. And then the other party, which is kind of like slightly better uh, on, on, on a few issues um, is just totally captured by the most powerful people on the planet. Like they're just, you, you know, know, the most powerful people I, on the planet control that party. So like, what, what are I, you going to do? Know, you know, it's so funny. Um, 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The world is racing to get back to normal and start meeting up in person again. But after the year we've all had, getting back to feeling normal takes time. I don't know about you guys. I've been feeling overwhelmed, flustered, just avalanche, stuck under this avalanche of things I have to do and people I have to see and people I got to talk to, Zoom meetings and emails. Hell, even this ad that I'm recording right now, I forgot that I had to do it. I'm doing it from a computer that's not even mine. It's really tough to do all of this when you feel like you're trying to handle it all by yourself. Do you feel like that? If you're feeling overwhelmed by it all, guess what? You're not alone. It's important to find the support you need to face those feelings and move forward. We all talk to our friends when we're experiencing issues, but they don't always give us the advice we need. I mean, think about it. They can't really give us unbiased feedback because they're involved in many of our interactions and how we are. What you really need is advice from a licensed professional. It can be refreshing and rewarding. When you're a low point, when you're in a low point, you might feel alone. But over 50% of Americans struggle with their mental health. We all need help sometimes, and asking for support when you need it is actually a sign of strength. Here's the idea. Use Talkspace. It's great. It's easy to use. It matches you with a licensed therapist and schedule live video sessions all from the comfort of your device. You can start messaging your therapist the same day you sign up. The app makes it easy to connect with the therapist that is licensed and on your schedule without having to wait weeks before your next appointment. You can go anywhere and take your therapist with you. Whether you're a parent, student, millennial, or just someone having a hard day, Talkspace can provide the support to help you feel better with a single message. Talkspace offers individual and couples therapy in addition to medication prescription services. Set goals with your therapist, and they can help make sure you're really progressing. Talkspace therapists help you develop the tools to cope in difficult times. It works around your schedule at your convenience. Send and receive unlimited message with send and receive unlimited messages with your dedicated therapist in the app. Schedule live video sessions with your licensed therapist from anywhere. Whether you're experiencing depression, anxiety, or other problems, Talkspace is the number one online therapy platform to help you sort through any issue. We've got thousands of licensed therapists available for you to match with, and they're experts in dozens of specialties, including anxiety, depression, relationships, and more to help you start feeling better. Start feeling better with a single message. Match with a licensed therapist when you go to Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month with the promo code BOMB. That's $100 off when you use the code BOM at Talkspace.com. Uh, I was I was having dinner with a couple of friends, liberal friends, yeah. and I think Pelosi came up or Romney came yeah. up or somehow in some combination. You know, I I had totally forgot that I was talking to my liberal friends and not yeah. my commie scumbag yeah. friends. You've been doing this show and for I too was, long. 
Yeah, and I was like, I mean, is there a material difference between Nancy Pelosi and Mitt Romney? I feel like they they have the same interests and goals. Like, I feel like they fight for the same people and things. They're like, well, first of all, abortion. I was like, uh, I guess I guess Mitt Romney's a god bother. I don't know. I, you know, I'm a dude. It's not so clear that Mitt Romney's Mitt Romney's not like a big pro life guy. I mean, I'm sure like if he's asked about it, he'll he'll say yes. Right. But like, I mean, he's not like, like fucking. Well, Nancy Pelosi's not taking away my abortion. I was like, oh no, well, the the maybe, people who are taking I away guess. your abortion. It's like the the Senate the, the Senate Democratic uh, Twitter account <laughs> the D triple the the DSCC, which is like the Senate the 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 you know the campaign committee that that for the Senate Democrats uh, tweeted out. Elect more Demo like elect Democrats to uh, protect you know abortion rights or Roe v Wade or whatever, and it's like. Bitch, we fucking did. They fucking control this shit right now, and they're still taking it away. Like, what are they gonna? They're not doing anything. Like, they're they're literally not like not doing anything to stop what is happening. Um, even though they probably they could. There are ways. Like, first of all, like the fact that Obama, when Scalia um, uh, died, like did the cuck thing and tried to go through like the proper channels to nominate Merrick Garland or whatever, instead of doing like a recess appointment and just fucking sticking another liberal on the court. Um, and then allowing Mitch McConnell to just fucking own him so hard, um, and <laughs> you know, is just ridiculous. But the, I mean, that's happened time and time again. Like it's happening now with Breyer, where he won't fucking retire, and no one in the Democratic Party is leaning on him to retire uh, or even talking to him about it. And the same fucking thing that that happened with Ginsburg is going to happen, which people were saying that Ginsburg should have retired with Obama in her in his first term. Nobody cares. Fuck the Dems. Fuck them. Yeah. You know, like I'm, I'm really to the point. Like after watching Biden and his administration, like Republican boogeyman, it's just like I, I don't really care, fam. Like I really don't care. I don't understand the point of view, people. I don't yeah. understand the point of view, people. And again, like you know, I've definitely become disillusioned with people like fucking De Blasio and Cuomo and. New York politics and California politics with all the Dems that are in charge over here. And I'm just like, what's the point of you people? You know, yeah. like why, why should people fight for you? Why? Yeah. I mean, de Blasio is a fucking dunce and everyone hates him, but like at least de Blasio did deliver like one concrete thing, which was the universal pre-K program, which is actually a, a you know, nice. a pretty well yeah. designed. It's not like a, it's not like a, a neoliberal like tax incentive right. for public. Right, you'll get the money bullshit. back. You got to put the money yeah, up front. No. You'll get it back in taxes. You'll do yeah. No, nah, which is what that. the which is what the Build Back Better plan is doing is is doing with their uh, universal pre K program. At least De Blasio did that, um, which is like the first time like a, a social safety net was expanded significantly in a major American city in fucking decades. Yet he still sucks. But the point is that <laughs> you know the reason why he was able to do that was because of the power of the New York. York City unions, which is something that you've talked about in the past, just like how powerful, um, yeah. you know, relatively speaking to other cities and other parts of the country. The everything is unionized are. in New York. Literally yeah. everything. That's the only <laughs> reason why. Without a union. Totally. And so, like, as we we talk about our disillusionment with electoral politics, and we should be because it's a bleak and depressing picture right now. 
You know, at the end of the day, the labor uptick, the labor um, kind of mm -hmm. increase in militancy, there was a big election in the Teamsters. I don't know if you saw that. Um, the Teamsters. I remember we talked about it briefly, but I didn't keep yeah. up with the Teamsters election. Well, so ha Jimmy Hoffa Jr. retired um, and he like ran mm -hmm. the Teamsters for, for a long time, like was a super corrupt and business Which friendly. Which is kind of crazy in like a thousand fucking ways, but totally. that's another show for another day. So his continuity ticket, you know, like they want like accommodation with business. They want like to play nice. They want whatever they lost to like a left wing militant, uh, pretty like pretty rabble rousing uh, ticket led by this guy named I Sean like O'Brien, who you, you hear him talk and he's like, yo, we're fucking going after UPS. Like because that new contract is coming up and it's the largest single contract in America is the is the Teamsters. Is the UPS with, deal. Yeah. Wow. And it's crazy, like UPS uh, and FedEx. So FedEx is non-union and UPS is unionized. UPS has higher profits than than FedEx, which is interesting. But um, you know, they're <laughs> like, we're going after FedEx. We're going after Amazon. You know, like a militant Teamsters w uh, would be like a significant it's a problem. Difference. It's yeah. a problem. Because it's, look at the fucking supply chains. Like that's, yeah. who do you think fucking greases those supply chains? Uh, it's the Teamsters. Um, and then there's elections at the UAW, which is the United Auto Workers uh, Union. Again, same thing, like between a um, like more militant, aggressive kind of option and then a more business friendly option. And it looks like the militant option might might win. So you're seeing like the the big unions, which were, you know, for decades, just kind of cowering in fear and, and in retreat and accommodating with business actually kind of making moves to become a little bit more aggressive and that that could change the balance of power in ways that are that are very unpredictable electorally uh but right now it's just fucking bleak and of course you know bloomberg puts out a piece today i think it was that's like yo this shit about wage inflation is bullshit profits are up 37 percent. like it's all fucking crap Bro, it's yeah. all crap. Like all this shit that they feed you about, yo, people getting paid too much. It's the people, these lazy people, they want to take this. They like, no, it's not true, bro. Like these people are making more money than they ever have. Period. They can afford to pay people out. And it's fucking ridiculous. Um, and you know, we <laughs> we leave the reality world of corruption, stagnation, just a bleak reality. Um, and a bleak future to the fictional one that's just, listen, <laughs> if this shit doesn't mirror our actual world, I don't know what tells you. Like, if you guys can't understand the synergy between Joe Biden going to Nantucket to some fucking hedge fund cocksuckers Thanksgiving celebration and Barack Obama getting $100 million after he leaves office to this fucking season of succession. You just, you're just missing the plot. I'm sorry, like this show. And, you know, full disclosure, Nando, I think the reason why we like this show is because it so flatters our sensibilities. Yeah. Our sense that the overlords and our overseers are so petty, dumb, incompetent, just ghoulish, just nasty filthy people so it makes me feel good inside i understand yeah. that i'm being pandered to like when it comes to my ideology as far as like these people stink but like it's so funny it's so sharp it's so biting i just love the fucking show i would love to know like 
What draws you to the show? I think that one of the reasons why I love the show, and this season in particular, I think, is because, like you said, it shows just how fucking miserable these people are. Like one thing that I talked about uh, a lot with with Jason is if you notice, um, all these people have this incredible wealth and they can never enjoy it. There's not a single moment of like pleasure. Like they can't eat. Like there's never a single. That's what like billions kind of got a little like a slightly wrong yeah. is that they would they would have they these make it so much moments. Fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These guys are besieged by guilt, um, anxiety all the time, and they can't really enjoy the fruits of their of their wealth. So, like the scene with um, um, Adrian Brody, uh, where they put out this like ridiculously lavish lunch on a cliff somewhere in like on Long Island Montauk. or in Nantucket, yeah. wherever <laughs> Montauk. Like with like servants there, you know, in the middle of this fucking beautiful vista with lobsters and fucking uh, oysters and shit. And not a single one touches a single one. Like they don't even fucking eat it. <laughs> you know, like it all just goes to waste because they can't enjoy it. Like, is there a single sex scene in 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 no. in succession? No. Um, these people like are not allowed to enjoy any of the fruits of their wealth. Um, the other thing that I really like about this season is that it, it, they're really separating the children between they're like, they're microcosms, right. For like the liberal establishment and the sort of like uh, reaction to it. Right. You know, the liberal establishment is kind of the power right now. Um, and then there's this reaction kind of reactionary reaction to it. Mm -hmm. Right. So like yep. Shiv, who was positioned early in the show as like the sort of competent one, the smart one who had a good reputation. The liberal one. The liberal one, exactly. Um, she's the dumbest one out of all of them. Easy. You know, like she's just fucking getting owned left and right. Um, and, you know, Kendall is trying to do this like kind of cynical toward, turn towards the libs, you know, where he's right. like, yo, man, I, you know, like I, I, you guys are fascists and I believe in liberal democracy and whatever. Like he doesn't believe any of that shit. Um, but like he's getting owned too. And the guy who's winning is fucking Roman, who's like this like fucking... Uh, Reddit troll, essentially. You yeah, know, like a, a, a right-wing Reddit troll who doesn't give a shit. Shit lord. Um, yeah. A shit lord, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just find that the satire uh, of the whole show to be so uh, precise. And I think that there's a, a reason why that show and White Lotus both kind of captured the, the, the cultural zeitgeist so well is that they both made – they're primarily making fun of, of liberal culture, you know? Yes, like, like White yes. Lotus was making fun of like how empty a lot of the sig the woke signifiers are and that these rich people like just they fucking say the right words, but then they'll just fucking like abuse the staff and like, you know, yeah. all of whom are like, you know, people of color or whatever. Um, and they don't give a shit about them. And like same thing with succession is just that like it's they're all full of shit and you should never trust them when some rich person is like, you know, Black Lives Matter. <laughs> whatever. And then and then what I like about the fear mongering that succession does that that I enjoy is like. Like, do you understand that it really is the Roman Roy's of the world picking your fucking leaders? Roman Roy, you really want, like, do you really think that dude should have that much say in, you know, your granny's social security? Like, yeah. really, bro? You know, like, they yeah. explain to you, like, these are the people who actually have a seat at the table. These are the people who make the decisions. These are the people who your government officials feel the most accountable to. Not you. Not as a block. Not as an idea. Not as in anything. They just condescend to us. 
And then they go to Nantucket and have Thanksgiving with their fucking zaddy, their sugar zaddy. You know, yeah. it's it's so amazing the way they portrayed it. And, then, you know, I see dumb shit on the internet about, yo, what about the plot or blah, blah, or yo, nah. what happened to the, to the government takeover? I'm like, guys, the point of the show is like they're trying to show you there's no consequences for these people. They that's don't. like that's literally the fucking the main thrust of the show is like the stakes for these people are not the same as you and I losing yeah. a job or economic ruin or you know whatever like that's not the stakes for these people they're already home it's yeah. over they're never getting locked up they're never going to be in the poorhouse these stakes that you think for yourself of like y'all want to do I want to be good at my job I want to get a promotion I want to buy a house. I want to send my kid to college. I want to take them on vacation. That's not the stakes for these. That shit is done. Yeah. <laughs> the stakes for them is like, how influential am I at the White House? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, do I have a direct channel or do I have to sort of, you know, connive my way into some position of power here? Like, that's the stakes. Yeah. No, the, the other, like, the, the criticism you see sometimes of succession, I sent you a funny one today, is like, you know, where are all the black people? Oh, God. And, it, like, and it's like, first of all, do you, do you have under, any understanding about, like, how the ruling class works right now? Like, it, like <laughs> I think succession gets it exactly right in its use of black people. Like, with this, uh, like, the Lisa Arthur character in this season, in which, like, she's hyper-competent. But a fucking psych, like a ghoulish psychopath, also who like only gives a shit about like her own power, money, and status, like anyone yeah, else. Period. Um, period. And, but like, but they're not invited to the tippity top level, right? You know, the tippity top level, they're not invited. But like the other, the thing, so like the the, the show's nucleus, right, is the Roy family, and they're like, you know, the tippity top. And then there's these other kind of, they're especially this season, they're introducing us to several different versions of like different people within different types within the ruling class. There's the, the Adrian right. Brody type. The last episode we met the Alexander Skarsgård, like tech bro fucking. Which again, probably, careful. Like weirdo. Careful. I work at Spotify. Careful. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Daniel Eck is a fucking perfect man. Uh, he's exactly. Not like, he's, not like Alex, he's not like Alexander Skarsgård in succession. Um, but like captures that kind of like, weird tech bro thing which is like they all have like a kind of personality disorder um might be on the spectrum of some like in some way um mm -hmm. they're miserable like also like can't even enjoy um you know being a, a party. party yeah it's socializing with people normally like he just was just like by himself the whole time being weird um what did he say he said um a fr his frown like just his facial expression might affect the like stock price or something right. stupid like that. Yeah. He also wants the three P's <laughs> privacy, pussy, and pasta. <laughs> hey, hey, those are yeah, essential hey. P's. Yeah, I'll take those. Those P's are universal. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I just I just find the satire of the of the ruling class so spot on. I mean, to the extent that like you and I have experienced the ruling class, it's always been kind of you know, we've been around it every once in a while. You pierce it every once in a while, like at a party. Yeah, or something. and it's it's very generic. You know, it's not like I've ever been to some CEO's house. You yeah. know what I mean? But like, you know, we've been at work meetings with people who are like ruling class adjacent and just like, my God, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what an empty Dude. suit. 
<laughs> Kendall Roy's party. Um, yeah, I talked to Gladwell and some other fucking. It's like they say like affirmation zone. <laughs> it's like it's like, dude, just fucking a dance floor, some good music, and a lot of alcohol. Like seriously, drugs, a lot of alcohol, you know, like, drugs, and some and more girls. Everybody will yeah. be happy. Yeah. This man wanted to nail himself to a cross. Yeah, and sing, <laughs> while singing a Billy Joel song. <laughs> <laughs> well, you really had to walk in through his mother's vagina. Like, I just wish I wish I was in that writer's room meeting where they were coming up with all the ideas for Kendall's party. It's like, what if he walks in through a vagina? It's like, what? what? You know, like, who came up with that shit? Yo, you know, and you know what that reminded me of? Um, speaking of, like, the absurdity of elite liberalism, the freaking Gwyneth Paltrow goop cover. Yeah. Like that show she did for Netflix. Um, damn, I gotta try to find this for you, bro. Uh, Goop Netflix. Like the artwork for it was. Oh my god. Let me, damn. Let me see if I can put this in the fucking chat. Oh my goodness. Like. Oh my. Oh god. This is too rich. <laughs> and oh. I don't think, oh, no, you can't. Oh, I, I think I, you know what? I'm going to get the, the link for you. Like, bro, it says reach new depths. And it's exactly <laughs> the thing that they walk through. Um, oh. Click on that, oh please. Oh, my God. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's some good ones. I'm, I'm seeing now. Do you see this New York Times one with roses? Like I'll put it yes, in the chat right. Of course. <laughs> so good. Um, oh yeah, good. Dude. Um, yeah. Uh, no, I, I love it. I mean, it's it's like it's pleasurable to watch it. Like it it seems pretty clear that it's settled. The show is settled in, like you said, it's not so much worried about the plot. It's settled into a more um, character driven drama. Yeah, yeah, it's about the interpersonal drama between the characters. Because I think, you know, this last episode, that was fucking gut-wrenching, that shit at the end. Yeah. Like, just how terrible and nasty they were. Like, nobody's going to die. Nobody. I'm just like, damn, like, you guys are siblings. And, like, that was that was about as bad as it's ever gotten on yeah. the show as far as the nastiness is concerned. Like, they just could, like, it's about, like, everybody sucking up to daddy, him breaking them down and all of that stuff, which... I enjoy, I find it to be fascinating and their portrayal about how power operates within our system. Yeah. And the other thing that they get exactly right is that like every kind of young person um, now um, is kind of irony poisoned, you know, like that you have to have this irony shield around you and that the biggest crime you can commit is to be sincere, you know, sincere, yeah. and, and one of the, one of the superpowers that Roman has over the brothers and over the brother, over Kendall and, and Shiv is that like, he doesn't need to, like they every once in a while crave that kind of sincere relationship with each other. You know, they clearly do like, especially Kendall, like, you know, like clearly mm -hmm. misses them and, and, and in some some level wants to, but like, that's cringe, bro. Like the fact that you admitted that, like, that's cringe, you know, like and then that, <laughs> that, that leaves the opening for Rome to just fucking destroy him. Um, <laughs> like that sincerity is, is dead. And then the other thing that I find uh, really interesting is like from a use of language standpoint is the, the younger people on the show can never speak directly. Whereas Logan, who comes from a different um, era, like a pre kind of politically correct, for lack of a better term, era, 
just speaks bluntly. He just says like, okay, what's the deal? Like, what, what, what do you want? And I'll see if I can get it to you. And and then we'll make a deal. Like, whereas everyone else has to like talk around things. Like they don't never, they don't, they never say what they want. They Greg just, is like, the king of that. <laughs> yeah. He can't really say what he wants. And, but also Kendall also, and also even Adrian Brody in that scene where Adrian Brody is like, kind of like, uh, and, and Logan Roy's like, okay, what do you want? I'll see if I can get it to you. And then we'll make a deal. What do you want? And he's like, yeah, I just want to like fuck off. You know, yeah, exactly. It's either that or fuck off. Like, what do you want or fuck off? Um, whereas everyone else is like, you know, because they're kind of so um, wedded in elite culture, um, which has been so protected in terms of the language that you use, that you can never just speak directly. You can never speak honestly. You can never just say what's on your mind. You have to kind of dance around it. Um, and I find that that's, that's a very clever, uh, trigger warning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, watch succession guys. Listen to the bomb succession pod. Listen to our shit over at the ringer with me and Chris Ryan. Make sure you listen to every single count of dings offering, uh, check up, check me out on the ringers, YouTube channel, do the whole fucking thing. It's so much content yeah. out there. The um, content doesn't stop, baby. The content never stops. Uh, Neither does Nando Vila. Uh, we out of here. We'll see you next week. Peace out. Later.